Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 25th, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a little bit of a throwback to our old format. We have a discussion with politics reporter Joe Bustos about the state of play surrounding mask mandates, lawsuits, his recent reporting from a COVID unit, and more. DHEX Dr. Brandon Traxler gives us more details about the Pfizer vaccine news and the challenges facing schools right now. We also have some news about Johnson & Johnson booster shots and the origins of COVID-19. Hint, we don't know the origin. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from you all about your life during these mm, more uncertain times. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Let us know what's going on with you, your family, uh, how school's going, what life is like right now, if things are turned upside down because people are teaching from home, they're teaching from school, you're stuck at home. What's going on? We know a lot of different scenarios are playing out right now, and we want to hear about yours. So let us know at 803-563-7169. And yes, we taped this episode earlier in the week since I'm once again out of town, but AT has the latest COVID data for you right now. Yes, thank you, Gavin. I do have the latest COVID data for all of us who aren't living that hashtag blessed vacation life. And it goes like this. Our percent positive is 14.3%. Overall, our cases are at 579,769, deaths at 9,174, and currently there are 2,138 people in the hospital with COVID-19, 513 of which are in the ICU, and 329 are on ventilators. And a stat that stood out to me this week is that over the last five DHEC updates, there have been 183 deaths of our fellow South Carolinians. So some sobering news to take you into the weekend. There's been a lot going on recently, and we've been catching you up as best we can. Obviously, things with masks and vaccine mandates are still very fluid. Remember our jam-packed five-way intersection with the dead bodies of fellow South Carolinians on the side of the road? Well, we're still there. Haven't moved at all, really. But I wanted to continue to catch y'all up with the latest on everything, so I called upon the state newspaper's Joe Bustos, who, along with his colleagues, has been covering several angles of this COVID surge, from the State House to the intensive care unit at Lexington Medical Center. I start off by asking Joe where current mask mandate challenges stand right now. So the uh, Attorney General Alan Wilson has sued the city of Columbia over its mask mandate for elementary and middle schools. And right now there's going to be an expedited hearing in the Supreme Court uh, scheduled for next week, I believe, to determine whether the city of Columbia could actually put in a mask mandate for children ages 2 to 14 in elementary and middle schools and daycares. This all stems back from that proviso that says state funds can't be used to have a mask mandate in schools, in K-12 schools. So uh, I think that's going to be the next big step on this. I know there's uh, Richland 2 has asked for that proviso to be thrown out. And there's other school districts around the state who are announcing that they're putting in mask mandates, despite what this proviso has said. And then I think last week, we also had the proviso on college campuses, whether that could be used to 
prevent any mask mandates. And the Supreme Court said, no, it can't be used to prevent mask mandates. So you could have universal masking or mask wearing on, on college campuses in the state. Um, you just can't use vaccination status to determine who can or who has to and who has to wear a mask. So that's why you'll see USC and Clemson having universal masking. Mm-hmm. And Joe, when you look at those provisos, you cover the budget, so you know about these things. You know, those one-year laws that they can insert into the um, the budget process. Um, those two, when we talk about like, the colleges versus, you know, the K through 12 schools, pretty different. Can you maybe break down the differences between those two provisos, or maybe if there's any way we can even deduce anything from, you know, what we saw at the Supreme Court do with colleges, any way that might translate into what happens with the K through 12, or are they just written so differently that that might not be the case? So there's a, there's a slight difference in them. The, the, the one for college campuses and universities said, uh, essentially, you can't use vaccination status to determine who has to wear a mask. Uh, I think when Stuart Jones, the representative who pushed these two provisos, he was uh, talking about vaccine passports and he didn't want vaccine passports to to be a requirement on college campuses. So he wanted vaccine requirements. That got added in. So you can't use vaccination status on, on a college campus to determine who has to wear a mask and who could walk around without a mask. The K through 12 one just said state funds cannot be used to enforce a mask mandate on campus, uh, on, in a school district or by a school district. So that has been interpreted by some to say, hey, what if we don't use state funds? What if we use local money? What if the city uh, mandates it? Or what if a school district says, okay, maybe we just won't take the state money and we have enough funds to get through the year to survive and operate, and then we'll just require everyone to wear a mask. Uh, I don't know how practical that is for some school districts. Um, but that is one way of looking at it. And so we heard from several Republican and Democratic state lawmakers, Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman, the DHEC board and director and others calling for the General Assembly to return. Uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen before this special session that's already scheduled for late September to deal with COVID funds. Uh, could they take up any sort of repeal then? Or is this something you think is going to be decided by the courts? And if so, when, do we have any idea when that could be done by? Would it be done by the end of September, perhaps? Uh, we'll see how quickly the Supreme Court rules on the Columbia City ordinance on mask mandates. Because they uh, agreed to have an expedited hearing, that might be a sign that they're looking to get a decision quickly on it. Now, whether they decide or not, there's some thought about whether the the uh, legislature could come back or will come back um, to, to deal with this. Again, yes, they are expected to be back sometime in the fall to deal with how to spend COVID relief money and to to deal with redistricting. Maybe they could, uh, if they want to, they may try, someone may try to attach something to one of the COVID relief bills that addresses this mask issue. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if someone, uh, a lawmaker from the upstate, tried to hold the well, especially in the Senate, to filibuster and prevent that from taking place. Mm-hmm. They could try to reopen what's called the sine die resolution, which says what lawmakers could actually address or work on after the May session has concluded. And But that requires a two-thirds vote in each chamber. And that is a hard mountain to climb in a Republican state, in a Republican-controlled legislature, especially with many upstate lawmakers who are most likely going to fight against any changes to bans on mask mandates and or they're just opening up 
primary challenges to them so next safe, year. So safe to say we'll just probably be waiting for the court's decision on this. It, it might have to come down to that, and that might be what the legislature is hoping for. Who knows? Save everyone some face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let the courts deal with it. It's like the MO a lot of times up there. Uh, but from the state house to the COVID ward, Joe, you recently reported from the Lexington Medical Center ICU for COVID patients. Uh, medical professionals are there getting burnt out, uh, and younger patients are staying for longer periods of time. We've been seeing this not only in our state, but across the, the country. Um, what was it like out there when you were reporting recently from Lexington Medical? It, I've grew up around hospitals. My mom is a hospital administrator, so I've mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of hospitals in, in in my life. So one thing that I found interesting, because there's no visitors allowed in, in these COVID wings, it was actually it seemed kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. So you didn't see the hustle and bustle. But a lot of that is because they're trying to limit anyone going in and out of there, so they could limit the spread of this uh, of the virus. In the particular wing that I went into, there was 26 beds, 25 patients were there, all but two of the patients uh, were on ventilators. Hmm. Everyone was a COVID patient. And you see some patients on their back, traditionally, what what, what you picture when someone's on a ventilator, but they also have some patients lying on their stomach because that could help them breathe a little bit more. Uh, It helps their lungs expand. So... You see the doctors and nurses and respiratory techs uh, going into rooms in a lot of protective gear. They're wearing multiple sets of gloves. They have uh, what essentially is like a, a, a helmet with a face shield on and an air pack to circulate air for them. And they, they, they try to keep an upbeat attitude. But the doctor I spoke to there, he was, he was giving some bleak assessment to, of what could happen to you if you caught COVID and you ended up in an ICU. Yeah, I mean, just being on those mechanical ventilators, I mean, you hear these stories, it's just, yeah, it can keep you alive, yeah, it can maybe save your life, but it it's a lot of long-term damage associated with that too, just getting off that and the, the toll it takes on your lungs and all that. Yeah, it, it's, uh, the, the doctor explained it to us, like, healthcare is like steps. You move on in your life, and then something happens, then you take a step down. You move on in your life, something happens, then you take a step down. It's not a gradual decline, but you see everyone... In that unit, when I saw them, they were all sedated because you don't want them fighting with a ventilator. Just like, hey, they need to rest, so they're going to let the ventilator do the work for them. But being on a vent is not a a fun experience, and it could cause long-term damage. And if you're on it long enough, sometimes they may even have to cut a hole in your neck, do a tracheotomy to help you breathe. So there's no no extra stress on, on your throat, and they only could feed you through your nose for so long, so they got to cut a hole in your belly to put a feeding tube in. So these aren't pleasant experiences. And yes, you're probably sedated, but the recovery afterwards is not going to be fun. Yeah. I know it's interesting because you I just posted a graphic on our Instagram page and you see these more and more hospitals are putting out data about, you know, who is in their, who's in their uh, hospitals right now. You know, how many are vaccinated, how many are unvaccinated, how many are in ventilators that are vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera. Did you get any idea at Lexington Medical about just, you know, how close they may be getting to a, a breaking point or the ability where they won't be able to treat as many people as they would like to or, or you know, need they to? Were, they were just starting. They said they were having discussions about, okay, what types of non-emergent procedures can we, can we delay? 
can we hold back on? I think they even recently announced that they were closing uh, an outpatient surgery unit so they could move some of those staff members into the traditional hospital to treat COVID patients. What was really interesting when the, the particular wing that I went to, it's traditionally used for people who are surgical or cardiovascular patients, people who have heart surgery or other surgeries that require intensive care. That entire unit has been taken over by COVID. And <laughs> normally those types of patients are like in a medical wing, a medical ICU. They are like, nope, this entire wing is now COVID. Wow. And so those other patients who, if there's other patients that the other day that needed maybe open heart surgery, they had their surgery, but they were being held somewhere else. They're doing a lot of juggling. And, but COVID has taken over a lot more of the hospital. It's scary to think about just with the, the situations they're facing, the staffing situation also being a huge factor in all that too. But Aja, before we go, and again, thanks for that reporting because it's important, I think, to hear from the front lines and to see those things and to know what's going on there because, you know, it is difficult to get those photos out because of HIPAA and because of, you know, they want to make sure that everyone's privacy is protected, but we still want to tell those stories and show those images and and have those anecdotes from inside because that's how people know about what's going on. But uh, before we go, I want to ask you about Jeff Duncan's 10th annual fundraiser, the Faith and Freedom Barbecue. Uh, I was planning on going, but I was a little bit apprehensive with the massive crowds these days and the surging Delta variant. But thank you for going, Joe. Um, <laughs> it's a different kind of front line when we talk about things like that. And you were up in Anderson uh, where you heard from several politicians, including 2024 potential hopeful uh, South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem. What, what did you hear up there? What was, what was the vibe like up there? Did you talk to some folks? What were they saying? I, I, I talked to a few folks. Um I mean, you're, I, I think the vibe was, I, I got there a little later than I wanted to. The, the, I got there, like, I think right before the program started. But when I walked in, you didn't see any masks. I think only one other, there was like one staff member of the event was wearing a mask. Mm. Um, the, most of the media that was there was wearing masks. And we were seated all the way in the back. Um, but yeah, you didn't see too much, too much uh, masking. There was about 2,200 people there. Um I wouldn't say shoulder to shoulder, but there was no social distancing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and so it's like, all right, this is a we're in a we're in the upstate, and you could see how how they feel uh, about mm-hmm. this uh, about masking and social distancing. And Governor McMaster spoke, and he gave what's sounding like his his stump speech for next year, where uh, South Carolina handled the the pandemic differently, and Republican states handled it differently than blue states. Alan Wilson, the attorney general, was there. He hinted that there might be more lawsuits coming. Depends on, uh, I guess we'll see what happens next. And then Christy Nome was giving her speech about how South Dakota handled the, the pandemic. And she also made sure she uh, got her her mention of Donald Trump in and how she's a big supporter of Donald Trump. And this is that's very important to... Uh, an upstate crowd, which may make up a, a, a good portion of the primary electorate if she decides to run. One comment that I, or one comment that I found really interesting, she gave a shout out to Governor McMaster and how he handles uh, the state, but she also made reference to his endorsement of Donald Trump in 2016, and mm-hmm. she said he knows how to pick a winner. So. Uh, I, I think that's a we, we saw Secretary Pompeo here a few weeks ago give his endorsement to McMaster's reelection campaign. So 
it's starting to trickle in where people yes. are coming to make their visits to Governor McMaster. <laughs> yes. uh, I wonder when that's really going to pick up mm-hmm. over, uh, uh, over the next few years. But yeah. he may and, become very popular. <laughs> yep, in, a, in his own way. Yeah, the gift that keeps on giving right there, that endorsement from 2016. And of course, we also are expecting to see uh, a big event down in in Myrtle Beach in late October with the SCGOP hosting a lot of hopefuls out there too as well, trying to make a another stop on the early, early 2024 campaign circuit, the trail that's already... The way too early <laughs> campaign <laughs> stops. Oh, please. Yes, it's, it's here, folks. But, uh, Joe, thank you so much for uh, for keeping us informed and us on what's going on. We'll be catching up with you soon. That's Joe Bustos. He's the state government and politics reporter with the state newspaper. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Great talking to Joe and a belated congratulations to friend of the pod, Mayan Schechter, who was recently named politics editor at the state. Also, we'll have more for you about the Accelerate SC meeting and where federal COVID dollars could go in the next episode. But no doubt you've been hearing about private businesses such as airlines, big banks, retail outlets, and more coming out in favor of mandates now that Pfizer's community, community, ugh, that name, has received full FDA approval. Delta Airlines will even be charging a $200 monthly surcharge on employees who choose to remain unvaccinated. But in a follow-up to our last pod, the Department of Defense is pushing all branches of the military to come up with ambitious deadlines to get the shot to some 800,000 active duty service members who are not vaccinated. Dr. Brandon Traxler, DHEC's Director of Public Health, said Wednesday that there appears to be a slight increase in vaccinations, though it's still too early to correlate this with the FDA granting full approval to Pfizer. Dr. Traxler said there has also been increased requests for community-based clinics over the past month as well, but she broke down further what the full approval of the Pfizer vaccine means. More time has passed uh, from when the clinical trials and clinical studies first began, so Now, not only is there more data and research about the people who um, elected to participate in those trials, but there's also the extra data and information about people who uh, elected to get vaccinated when it was under an emergency use authorization. All this extra data just reconfirms, you know, that the vaccine is doing exactly what it was intended to do and doing so safely. So let me be clear, all three of the vaccines that are currently available. Pfizer, Moderna, and the Johnson & Johnson or Janssen vaccines for COVID-19 are safe and effective, and they will help keep you out of the hospital if you get COVID-19 infection. All three of these vaccines are very effective in protecting you against the severe disease from the Delta variant as well. In a single line, these vaccines can save your life. For anyone who is still on the fence or still undecided about getting the vaccines because They had that emergency use authorization and not full approval. There's no longer anything to wait for. If you're 16 or older, the Pfizer vaccine has received the fullest approval possible by the Food and Drug Administration. Of course, schools around the state are in disarray, with learning environments disrupted due to quarantines, rising cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. Dr. Traxer said there are no plans to mandate vaccines for the current school year, 
especially since the Pfizer vaccine is still under an EUA for those aged 12 to 15. Many of our schools are seeing uh, much higher cases of COVID-19 among students and faculty than they were at this time last year. And this is concerning. As we've said for many months and will continue to say, we need as many people as possible to get vaccinated because it doesn't just protect you. It helps to protect our children under the age of 12 who can't get the vaccine yet. They're vulnerable. School children are more susceptible to disease spread for two main reasons. First, uh, children's immune systems are not fully developed. And also disease activity thrives when groups of people are close together in indoor settings like schools or childcare centers. However, we know it is important for our children to be in school and to be there safely. As public health director of our state's public health agency, I cannot recommend strongly enough that all students, teachers, visitors, and school employees put on a mask, wear your mask when you're in school and on the bus. Uh, what we're seeing in Oconee uh, County and the Oconee School District is what we're seeing in a lot of school districts across the state. Um, and that is that cases among students and employees are higher this year than at this point uh, in time last year. Um, Oconee County and the entire upstate region is seeing the most significant increases in cases over the last several weeks. So um, just, to, you know, just as we're seeing those increases in the community, we would expect to, uh, the cases among the students and school employees to reflect that, that increase in the community as well. As of August 22nd, there have been 857 cases among students and 158 cases among school employees in the state. Last school year, there were nearly 19,000 cases among students and employees. Moving on, Johnson & Johnson says phase two clinical data shows that a booster shot six to eight months after the first shot generated a large spike in antibodies, which fight the coronavirus. We're talking about a nine-fold increase here, according to the company, compared to just 28 days after the first shot. The company is engaging with the FDA, CDC, and other health authorities regarding booster shots with the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. So all you J&J heads out there, stay tuned. More data is coming. And as we go, the mystery continues. The Washington Post reports that President Joe Biden on Tuesday received a classified report from the intelligence community that was inconclusive about the origins of the novel coronavirus, including whether the pathogen jumped from an animal to a human as part of a natural process or escaped from a lab in central China, according to two U.S. officials familiar with the matter. Biden's directive came after he received a May report from the agencies saying that they had coalesced around two likely scenarios, but had not reached a conclusion. He disclosed that two agencies leaned toward the hypothesis that the virus emerged from human contact with an infected animal, while a third leaned toward the lab accident scenario. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. So tell us, you have to tell us. There's only one way you can tell us, and that's by you calling us. You have to tell us, okay? 803-563-7169. If you're a cop, you have to tell us. Yeah, you got to call and let that's us know. That's entrapment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not falling for that again. But let us know what's going on with you. Like we we're saying, schools are all over the place right now. Tell us how you're handling that. If you're dealing with quarantines, um, how your kids are doing, if they're handling school all right. I mean, it's it seems like a mess, and I want to hear about it. 
Uh, maybe you've helped. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear. Gavin I want the wants, drama. Gavin wants a tea report yeah. here, guys. You know, maybe maybe you've convinced someone to get vaccinated, or maybe you're still holding out to get vaccinated now that, but now you're going to do it because the FDA just approved Pfizer, Comirnaty's, Comirnaty, Comirnaty. Yeah, there um, you go. That's good. Tell us what you think about that name. If you have a better name for that, let us oh, know what yeah. it is. Because I mean, they they come up with names all the time. We gotta be able to come up with something good. But um, that being said, at it's my understanding that we have no voice messages. I mean, it's as if no one cares about the hopper at all. Mm. It's 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 sad. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Sorry, state of affairs. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't say I'm surprised in today's day and age. You know. <laughs> I mean, it's go, go, go out there, and we're just... It's always go, 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 you know? But now here, we're, now we're here. here with a hopper dead and dying on the side of the road. It's too dry. It's like... You can't let this like thing this, get this dry. Get like, the side, like a sound effect of like opening the door and be like, is anyone okay? here? Echo. You okay, bud? <laughs> <laughs> you okay, bud? Like, He's not okay, so you got to call. You got to say hi to him. Uh, and uh, just yeah. just let them know how you're doing. You know, you know you're probably driving somewhere. You're probably listening to our voices right now. You have a phone on you, probably. I mean, that's how you're listening to, it, unless you brought your desktop computer with you in the car to Which, listen. I mean, props. You know, yeah. good you for know, you. Just put it on the dashboard. Uh, <laughs> plug in that plug in that aux cable with the tape. Put that tape straight in. <laughs> I I have used that this week. I'm not gonna lie. I have uh, used that this week. Oh, yeah. that's a big reveal. I I also uh, drive a 2002 Tacoma, so uh, I you know, have to. Some people just love the early 2000s. You know, it's hard to get hard to leave. Speaking of, you were you, we were talking about uh, CW shows just now. <laughs> and Speaking of, we were talking about CW shows. Yes, of course, like we always talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't stop Gavin and I talking about Carson Daly and the CW <laughs> and O-Town and all that kind of stuff. You're going to confess to me a show that you're watching. So you were saying that in, in, in the gym in the morning, yes. Charmed, Charmed is, is on. on. I never watched Charmed. I don't care for it. Uh, it's too spooky for me. Too scary. <laughs> too scary. <laughs> Ooh, this pepper's too hot. So I don't. I'm like, I just, I have no tolerance for in the morning. I'm too busy watching the George Lopez show. Oh, I, I have to stay up till 4 a.m. every day so I can watch George Lopez. But, <laughs> um, but what, what has uh, got you addicted to this? I have recently CW? started within the last year. I've started watching oh. a CW show, Supernatural. When I say I started watching it, I started watching it because I used to watch it as like a joke with my friends in college, but it's not that bad. And uh, looking it up right now, 2005. Uh, okay. Yeah, but there are 15 seasons of it. Stop it. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh my God. 15 seasons. 27 like, episodes. Yeah. I'm, I've stalled out recently. I'm in <laughs> season 14 at the beginning and I just can't go on. It, it, it saps the life out of me finishing this. You're in it's season really 14, tough. you said? Yeah. I mean, I really started so watching it because, uh, we we're we're working on a spook pod, you know, and I was like, well, I got to learn, so I guess supernatural. I've already watched X-Files, but what I will give Supernatural credit for is they get the right mix of overarching story, like long mm. story plus standalone episodes plus the fun episodes that the X-Files had. I was going to say you're describing the X-Files, it sounds like that's interesting. They they do the best of it after X-Files. Not that it's comparable, like it's not close, but mm. It's still okay, but then there all are also those like CW mandatory moments of like bro <laughs> drama in mm-hmm. every single episode. 
but uh, you get over it. It's 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 a fu- it's better than you, know, you remember. It's like being a CW actor. Do they make the jump? Do they make the big crossover to mainstream? I'm sure someone's gonna call. I'd, I'm looking up CW actors right now. I don't really know these names, but it seems like you're just in a perpetual state of um, CWness, soap yeah. opera world, right? Where it's, it's like it's just, very soap opera. Yeah. Yes, because it's it's about the it's emotions. A hip soap opera. Yeah, yeah. It's a very hip soap opera. Is right. It's it's OC level stuff. Mm-hmm. If if we have uh, other '90s people with us, so <laughs> do. Do you, do you do you get comfortable in that world and say I don't want the big time Hollywood I just want to I want to live the CW lifestyle where I'm always well, I, I, cool I don't know man yeah. I, I I think mostly you're trapped because I mean yeah, that CW Pearl life. came back One Tree Hill I don't know if that's come back I don't know but like it's tough it's 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 Reba level stuff you know <laughs> Reba. Reba, <laughs> I liked Reba. She was always so sassy. She's she got always the just sass. knew what to say. She Which was the knew. one that that Susan Saran? No, s- who was it? Stepmom? No. Who was the lady with the thigh master? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, Susan Summers. You're talking about yeah. step by step, day by step day, step by step. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. I never watched that either. I mean, but that, I remember she was. Well, that a was mom. classic TGIF, though. You know, you had your Family Matters. You had your step by step. I mean, we're talking about like just classic lineup here. Yeah, what what was the CW lineup? What was it? No, we're talking ABC Family, right? Well, back then it was WB. <laughs> no, no, no. The Family Channel was separate from WB. But oh. I mean, nothing was better than Animaniacs. Snick. Snick, Snick was number one. Oh. Animani- Animaniacs was in the morning, wasn't it? Uh, ours was in the afternoon. I didn't have cable, so I was just always on the. We were living that 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 normal, basic TV life, and just Disgusting. watching movies over and over again. Yeah, that's yeah. what Caitlin. She had every single movie from like uh, 1992 to 2000 in in her parents' basement. But uh, <sighs> like I was lucky. Buster. I got to watch Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's Modern Life and all that mm-hmm. good stuff that we can't talk about because you can't. You don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> I know, anyway, no, Gavin doesn't even know what Pete and Pete is, people. But <laughs> no, I don't uh, care anyway, for those ones. Gavin. Yeah, uh, have we a good weekend. Have a good trip. Uh, say goodbye if you guys love. Uh, old TV. What's your favorite lineup? What was yeah. your favorite night? Talking of TV Mary with shows? Children. Oh, Mary with Children was great. Come on, I was no way allowed to watch that. That's for sure. What? I oh had my zero. God. No, I, that was... I, I had zero. Uh, no watch list. My dad was just like, have at it. My mother would try and do that. The Simpsons, like Terry. There's just no way that's going to happen. This is our childhood right now. <laughs> but Mary with Children. I mean, it came out later too, so it was like really kind of tricky to pull that one off, but. I bet you weren't allowed to listen to some music too. What a loser! No, anyway, we were. We could listen to whatever we wanted to. I swear. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Please right. buy me the Kid Rock CD, <laughs> not the censored version. I want Limp Biscuit. Oh. <laughs> All right, Gavin. Have a good weekend. Have a good trip. See you guys. Let us know what you're doing, what you're talking about, what your favorite '90s album was. You know, maybe if you're a little bit, a little bit younger, what your favorite MP3 was. <laughs> <laughs> you probably never have bootlegged any music off of any streaming service. That's okay. Wasn't the right thing to do anyway. Let us know. 803-563-7169. You can also leave us a review on iTunes, which we very much appreciate. Just let us know what's going on. And you can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. I just want a fish sandwich, please. That's what I want. That's what I want. The seasoning. The seasoning. On bread with maybe some sort of local mayo mixture.